Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be It Works, How and Why Studying Commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our book, It Works, How and Why. Alright folks, this is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there are going to be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide commentary of the text toward reaching those seeking a resource like this. We know if one person benefits from our efforts, we collectively believe, even including us, then our participation was well worth the effort. We're going to start off with our introduction, and then we're going to jump into the text. Get a pen, a highlighter, and get ready to go. Enjoy. All right, welcome back, everyone. This is episode 29 for the work study uh, for the Anonymous Podcast. We're going to begin on page 108 about halfway down with all this but first we're going to give our introductions andrew what's happening hey friends my name is andrew g i'm an addict my clean date is may 16th 2008 my home group is no matter what in north atlanta georgia thanks andrew what's up eric hey i'm an addict my name's eric uh my clean date is september 16th 2019 and my home group is friday night clean in Bradenton, florida the sun coast i'm getting close i'm getting close Ooh. What's up, Christine? Hey there. Um, I'm an addict. My name is Christine O. I attend meetings in the Virginia Beach and Tidewater area in Virginia, and my clean date is 331.94. Thanks, Christine. What's up, Lisa? Hey, I'm Lisa. I'm an addict. My clean date is February 25th, 2012. My home group is Monday Night Miracles in Meadville, and I attend meetings in the Central Western Pennsylvania area. Thanks, Lisa. What's up, Jennifer? Hey, everyone. My name is Jennifer, and I'm an addict. My clean date is November 27th, 1992. Um, I attend meetings in Sacramento, California. My home group is The Journey Within. Thanks, Jennifer. What's up, Barb? Hey, Douglas and everybody. My name is Barbar. I stay in, I live in the panhandle of Florida. My clean date is 10495, and my home group is Open Mind, the hybrid meeting that meets Monday nights at 730. Thanks, Barbara. Our guest this evening, coming back again, Lindsay. What's happening, Lindsay? Hey, y'all. I'm Lindsay. Uh, my home group is at XRS in the North Atlanta area, and my clean date is September 15th, 1996. Oh, you're coming up, too. Okay. All right. Very nice. Very nice. Awesome. And we got Paul and Paul, Paul with a few shout outs. What's happening, Paul? Hey, I'm Paul. I'm an addict. Uh, I got clean January 6, 1995. I attend meetings in New Orleans. My home group is Open Mind. Yeah, we were, uh, Lee and I were in Oxford, Mississippi at a fundraiser for them this past weekend. And Mitch, Ryan, Adam, and Luke were just so kind and made us feel so welcome. And they ride around and listen to the podcast. So a big shout out to them. And uh, a guy named Michael in Sweden is listening to us who's starting his recovery journey. And we just given him a big shout out too. We're glad to have them all listening. Thanks. Paul, thanks for, thanks for letting us know that. And, 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 uh, and it really does, man. It's really nice to know that because like when we, when we meet, you know, behind the scenes and we're talking about, Hey, you know, what should we do next? Or do we continue doing this and whatever, the thing that keeps coming back is like if one person benefits from, you know, from the effort, if one person benefits, one person and over and over again, we see on the Facebook page or the podcast number, you know, that that people are benefit from it. So thanks. All right, folks. And I'm addict. Name's Douglas. I got clean March 12, 2000 in Southwestern PA. I stay in the Raleigh, North Carolina area now. All right, here we go. It's episode 29. So it works study for the anonymous podcast page 108 halfway down with all this. Barb, would you be willing to read? We're going to do one paragraph, though. We're just going to end, uh, read the rest of page 108 and comment. Douglas? Um, With all this discussion of God, we may again find ourselves growing uncomfortable, perhaps wondering if this is where the religious catch we've anticipated is going to be revealed. We may wonder if our sponsor is now going to inform us that we must pray or meditate in a particular way. Before we get carried away with such fears, we would do well to remember one of the basic principles of recovery in Narcotics Anonymous, our absolute and unconditional freedom to believe in any power we choose, and of course, our right to communicate with our higher power in whatever way conforms to our individual beliefs. 
Although some of us practice a traditional religion, only rarely do we hear specific religious beliefs discussed in our meetings. We respect the rights of our members to form their own spiritual beliefs and tend to frown on anything with the potential to dilute the spiritual message of recovery. And, um, you know, that's what I love about uh, Narcotics Anonymous is they focus on spiritual, not religious, even more so than the other fellowships, you know. And I'm I'm one of those that, um, you know, I've got a lot better. I've seen, I, I've really, um, I'm reading that book that you said to uh, read, Douglas, and, and it would have been a few years back that would have, even the Oxford group, they were religious, you know, and it would have jumped all over me. But what, what I'm seeing with that is that I can look for the similarities. I can take what I want and leave the rest. And um, and it's pretty cool, the history, you know, of the steps and everything. It's really, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm just like a, a, the first chapter in. So my journey has grown. When I first came in, I just took away the hill and brimstone and did what you guys told me to do. My, my spiritual uh, beliefs have evolved and changed, you know, and I, and I love that Narcotics Anonymous emphasizes so much. It truly is the God of my understanding that I get to pick, you know, and it was a few years um, clean that I did pick another way that, you know, I started evolving in, in a different way. And um, there was an old timer in the rooms that told me it's okay, Barb, it's okay, you get to pick, you know, and, and that was that was so important for me and so freeing. So I try to do that um, too. So, um, I think that's enough for me right now. Glad to be here. Thanks for those comments, Barb. I had a few comments too about this. Um, the one, I, I take a couple issues. I really do with, with, with this paragraph. One is like, we, you know, we're going to worry if our, if our sponsors are going to tell us how to, to pray and meditate, especially like early on. I, I think I need to check myself, man, with, 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 with with this whole thing tell me what to do the guys who 12 step me they told me what to do and like it it it, it it's almost funny man for me to, to sit back and think like getting clean to tell these guys oh no 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 you're not going to tell me that i gotta pray on my knees no 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 i mean that's what they did was just we, we, that, that's what we all did i think there's just a lot of arrogance built into this man of like i'm going to tell you how to help me because i know something I think I, we take it too far with that shit. I, I really do. And then the the a couple of sentences before the end, um, you know, we we frown on anything that that might dilute the spiritual message. And then you know, you might not hear specific religious thing. I understand, man. I understand the hey, look, the specific religious piece, you know, and stuff like this. Like, like we we could check that, you know, we could check that unless someone's asking us like what our second and eleven step looks like, but. I feel, you know, my experience has been seeing this. If 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 a member shares, hey, there's no God, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in a, de a, a deity, then that's okay. Hey, welcome, share that message. You might even get a couple, mm, you know, when when they say that. But if you go, what I've experienced is talking about, hey, I surrender to a loving God. And God has a plan for my life. And I and, and my my responsibility is to pray to say, hey, can you illuminate the path and allow me to follow it? Well, what the fuck? You'll chase away the newcomer. I don't know. I got issues with this paragraph. You know, and I guess it's a good thing, right? Like we have feelings, right? Like, like I'm you, but I'll read something and I'll feel it. So, so uh those are gonna be my comments. I'm a little bit confused about this, really. You know, like like how do I line up with this? So what's happening, Paul? Yeah, I you know, I'm Listen, I, I religion it can be a, a touchy stuff. I, I'm a, I consider myself a very religious person, but I would never impose that on anybody else. I think what is Im important is to be told what to do is different than being told what to believe. And nobody in Narcotics as Anonymous has ever said you should believe this. So, you know that's. That's what I, I don't tell me what to believe. I, you can tell me what to do because uh, I need to be told what to do. The other thing that's, especially when we're new, in my writing is, has this kind of has been coming up. Just we're so, we're so scared of ourselves and what we feel and what we believe when we first get clean that we think if you're right, 
I must be wrong. The truth is I see nine faces on this Zoom call right now. Every single person on here has some different belief. None of them are wrong. All of them are right. How can that be? It's either right or wrong. It's either black or white. And that's not what this is about. Find out what is right for you. That's what you are invited to in Narcotics Anonymous. But when someone shares something that isn't your truth, it doesn't diminish you. It doesn't mean you're wrong. It doesn't mean that what you believe is wrong. It just means that that person believes something different. You know, when I attended mass today, I in no way thought that people who don't go to mass today can't stay clean. In fact, completely the opposite. I am clear that my attendance at mass today had nothing to do with me not shooting dope today. This Zoom call has much more to do with that. You know, so I don't think that that's something that I get much of in, you know, especially when we are in new meetings, sometimes the loudest person in the meeting, we all go, okay, he must be right. We'll do it his way. Or, you know, whoever does it the right way. Oh, he must be right. We'll do it his way. And, or at least I did. I ran, I ran to things. And look, part of this process is paying $500 to take S training in the 1980s, uh, going to rebirth, buying a whole bunch of uh, courses and putting them around my head, uh, uh, you know, uh, traveling to uh, the uh, Great Buddha in Kamakura in Japan, going to uh, going to the cathedral in Rouen and and praying and uh, going to Lourdes and and doing the rosary. All of those things were part of my journey. Perfect. The problem is after you take the journey, you're, you're still you and you still end up back where you started. And that's the whole that's the whole thing. Not that you shouldn't spend the money and do all that stuff, because I want you to be out five hundred dollars like I am. So do it. And it has value. And it get, leads me back to where I'm at and me and my writing and my step work and my process and all of those things that are you know, the price of a couple of dollars in the basket. Thanks. Thanks for those comments, Paul. I, I think you would look really cool with a bunch of crystals and stuff like that around your head. <laughs> I, did. I'm like, I did. Thank you. <laughs> What's up, Eric? Uh, that reminds me of a meme. I probably shouldn't even try to explain a meme, but this guy's dating some girl. And he's like, when you say you're into crystals too, and he's like laying there covered in crystals. Uh, anyway. Um, I like here. I like the subject because I like hearing. I like hearing about the process today. And I know when I came in, I was very close-minded. And I remember because I was in a halfway house, right? And this guy told me, "If you don't believe in this deity, you're going to hell." And for some reason, I took great offense to that. I don't know why I put any stock in what this guy was saying. Anyway, he was in the fucking halfway house with me. But apparently, I was very offended, and um, and so I came in with this like close-mindedness towards this specific thing. And what's happened is that, you know, I used to be the one that would ridicule. And now I'm like extra sensitive to, to people being ridiculed for whatever faith they might have. And it, um, it really turns me off, um, today. So like, I, I reminds me of somebody saying one time, uh, and it really it like opened my mind. He said, uh, God brought me to NA and NA brought me to God. And that's what I feel like has happened in this process for me. Um, and I remember early on too, like, I, I remember I told my sponsor, like, I don't want to become too spiritual. You know, and he, he like laughed and he said, I wouldn't worry about that. You know, I don't think that that's going to be your problem, Eric. Uh, but I was very scared of being, you know what I mean? Because I was, I didn't want to be a hypocrite and all this shit I had talked, man. Um, it reminds me also of my home group that I had for a long time. So like that down at the bottom and I also can relate to what Doug was talking about. Like, that's why I brought up the ridicule of people's thing. Like, it's fine to, to sit there and say like, I don't believe in shit, but when we start talking about, I believe in so-so and, and I call it this, it's like, whoa, buddy, shut up, you know, I'll try to close the meeting with the Lord's Prayer, we will fucking burn you at the stake, bro, um, we tend to frown on anything with the potential to dilute the spiritual message of recovery, and I'm not sure what that means, and I know that I got a lot of flack at this home group, because we would do guided meditations, for me, coming into the fellowship and experiencing this meeting, 
had a transformative effect on me because I got to experience different forms of prayer meditation. And it was amazing. You know what I mean? Like I had spiritual experiences. I got to receive the benefits of meditation before I even knew what that was. I didn't have to, you know, it was kind of like, uh, it was available to explore, man. And, uh, but you know, that meeting eventually shut down and because, uh, you know, it might've been uh, diluting the message. And I know we, we got pretty crazy at one time. We even changed the literature where it said, um, God, we changed it to higher power and it did not sound right. Um, we were kind of, we were doing our own thing there for a bit. I don't know what the point of the story is. It really helped me early on in my recovery, um, to be able to experience that. Um, and so I'm grateful that even if it was just there for a minute, you know, I'm just so grateful it had a profound impact on me. Hey, thanks for those comments, Eric. Andrew, would you be willing to read the next? We're just going to do one paragraph again on page 109. It's going to take up most of 109. Yeah, sure. In this encouraging atmosphere, most of us find it relatively easy to discard our preconceived ideas of the right way to pray or meditate. Finding our own way is another matter. We may have a basic understanding of what prayer and meditation are, prayer being the times we talk to a higher power and meditation, the times we listen for a higher power's answers. We may not be aware of the many options that are open to us. Searching those options out and exploring their usefulness to us can be uncomfortable and time-consuming. It is only by being open-minded and by taking action that we are likely to find what is right for us as individuals. We may experiment with a whole assortment of practices until we find something that doesn't feel foreign or contrived. If we have found that everything feels strange, then we practice a form of prayer and meditation until it no longer seems unnatural. Many of us have adopted an eclectic approach, borrowing our practices from a variety of sources and combining those which provide us the greatest comfort and enlightenment. Um, I, you know, there's a lot that jumps out to me in this. Um, spirituality is such a journey. You know, it is, it, it, for me, it is so not been like, what I did on day 30 versus day 60, like it's, it's always changing, right? Because my relationship with my higher power has changed a lot. You know, when I came in, I was like, you know, one of the old timers at my, uh, the home group I was a member of when I came in, he would say, you don't have to have God when you get here, but if you want to stick around, you should probably start looking for him. And that really stood out to me, you know, and I, and I wanted that higher power piece. Right. Um, and, I, you know, I heard in meetings, people would say that, you know, like, oh, it's the doorknob or whatever. And like, I, you know, that wasn't really my thing, you know, <laughs> like. But I think what's important here that stands out to me is like that this is an action, you know, especially in step 11, like this is not um, me pontificating about prayer and meditation. It is me praying and me meditating. Um, and I think it's really cool that like, you know, by doing these steps, I am able, especially over and over again, repeated cycles through the steps, I am able to shed the baggage that I brought in here about my stigmas, about religion and all the stupid shit that I thought when I came in, because it, it was small minded. I was a small minded kid when I got to Narcotics Anonymous. And today, like, I, I have to work really hard to drop that stuff so I can hear a message that's going to allow me to get closer to God. You know, um, we wear it like a loose fitting garment, right? Um, I always want to throw the baby out with the fucking bathwater. I was having this conversation with my wife today about like, you know, we're doing a, like a religious practice and it makes me uncomfortable, you know, and I'm around a group of people that make me uncomfortable. And I want to say, can we just not, can I stay home? Can I do something else? I don't want to do this. You know, I'm scared. I'm fucking scared. You know, the reality is, is that I can take what I like. I can be Andrew. I can be vulnerable. I can practice, right? Use it. And then whatever I don't like, I just leave and it's all good. And I am already okay. You know, um, the other thing <laughs> I heard this earlier this week, somebody said, uh, we we eat the meal not the menu and it, like I feel like it kind of applies to this a little bit in that like I can really I see some eyes popping up some people like okay <laughs> like I can I can get lost in the weeds about 
some of the spirituality practices and pieces and it's cool and it's really interesting like barb says like i i, I like seeking it feels good you know um but for me I, I have to stay grounded in a practice you know um and like yeah that's what keeps my feet to the floor so that's what i got thanks thanks for those comments andrew you got me really excited i was like I've even used pontificate a whole bunch, you know, when, you know, like a $2 word when like a 50 cent word will do, you know, let me throw a little $2, but I looked up the definition. So look, I was thinking it just meant like, you know, debate, you know, just not debate with, with other people about like what meditation, it reads this express one's opinions in a way considered annoyingly pompous <clears throat> and dogmatic. And I was like, damn, man, if I engage in that, yeah, if I engage in that, you know what that does? Like when I, when, when I, when I embrace like the, 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 this pontification of prayer meditation, it fucking turns people off, man. Like when people take that, when people take that real pompous approach to me, I say, go fuck yourself. I don't want to hear about God from you or anything else, you know, but that, but that, but the opposite's true is like when someone breaks something to me out of like love and humility, it could be exact opposite of what, you know, the, the kind of thing that like I believe kind of what, what what you were talking about, Paul, doesn't diminish my belief, man, but I'm tolerant. Like, I'm okay. And on top of that, like, I don't even have to say, well, hold on. You know what you said is bullshit, right? Here and here and here's what's, you know, here. I don't have to do that either. Yeah, a lot of freedom in that, man. That's good. Thanks for, thanks for making those comments, Andrew. What's up, Christine? I'm not going to use big words like our boy Andrew over there. I, when it came out of his mouth, I was like, oh Lord, they're going to love me when I bring up my stuff here. Um, I do want to touch on a little bit about what Eric said with um, the best thing about the 11th step is this is like the only step that I can work before I get to it. I started with prayer and meditation before I ever reached the 11th step. And I was so, um, I mean, I was such a freaking mess when I got here that where it says down here, potential to dilute the spiritual message of recovery. I mean, I totally get that. Uh, diluting the spiritual message with the religious message. I would hear people in the meetings talking about their specific religions. And as a newcomer with the issues that I had with organized religion, man, it shut me down. I didn't have the wherewithal at the time to realize that that was not Narcotics Anonymous, that that was an individual belief system. It wasn't being promoted by the program. So I learned how to, um, you know, it says in our literature, we share our stories in a general way. If I'm in a meeting, I share my story in a general way, including my belief systems. Um, if somebody wants talks to me one-on-one, -on -one, I'll go into detail then, but not in the atmosphere, in the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous. I leave my personal beliefs kind of out of that. Um, if it tinges on a religious background, with which with me, it doesn't. You don't have to worry about that. Um, I love where it says absolute and unconditional freedom to believe in any higher power we choose. That was so liberating for me when I got here because I was raised in a uh, strict Southern Baptist upbringing. And um, I had to let that go. I mean, I had to, it just, I couldn't. So being, being given permission, absolute and unconditional freedom. Like I remember the look on my mother's face when I told her that Jesus was not my savior. I mean, like if she could have shot daggers at me, she looked at me like lightning was coming right then. And um, to, you know, to be given that freedom and to find the, to grow into a comfort level with spirituality, to be able to say that to my mother within arm's reach was freaking huge. And it makes me so grateful and I know I say that all the time but when I first started meditating and I, I still do this with my sponsees and this is real freaking spiritual shit here so get ready um do you poop every day are you a daytime are you a same time every day regular pooper was my thing and my girl started calling it meditation and poo 
because you keep your meditation book by the toilet because you know you're going to sit there the same time every day for a few minutes. You're by yourself. Read the meditation. Do your business. Have a couple minutes of quiet just to kind of exhale. And that was how I started my practice of meditation. And it's so like, it's hysterical to me now, but it was so simple and practical for me in the beginning that it got me started. And I just worked a 10th step with a sponsee um, on Sunday. And she told me, she said, you know, I am more afraid of the 11th step than I have been in any other step I've worked. Because she is like, I, she is afraid of a spiritual connection because she's still struggling with those defects of not being enough and with old belief systems. And, um, you know, so, you know, I told her meditation and poo, let's, you know, I mean, it's, it's a place to start, but, um, my practice has grown tremendously through the years. <laughs> I assure you of that. I have tried many different, um, many different roads on the journey. And I, I don't even feel like I have even just touched the little bit of the hugeness that is spiritual life like that, the possibility that's out there. I don't even feel like, like I've done like a pinhead on it, um, which is really exciting because like the more I seek, the more wonder I have about it and the less I need to define it. So um, that's what I got on that. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks for those comments, Christine. I, the, the meditation and pooping kind of made me, I, I was surprised nobody wrote in the chat, holy shit. Kind of, you know, like that's a good one, but on bump there. But Christine, really, look, there, there, there's some meetings in, um, like when I go visit my hometown, the southwestern PA. There's any meetings that still close with the with the Lord's prayer, you know, for real. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll pockets all over. I mean, I've, I've been to other ones that that do not not. It's not super popular, or super common, I guess I should say. What's up, Jennifer? Yeah, I don't think it's common today, but I'm. I love the Lord's prayer. I mean, you, should, you know, whatever. I'm going to be controversial here and say that's what I grew up with when I first got clean because the NA meetings in my area, probably half of them were still closing with the Lord's prayer. And there was this big controversy for a long time um, about it. And we <clears throat> we used to close the meeting with, you know, when people were more and more moving towards the third step prayer, the serenity prayer, they would say things like, you know, would you like to close the meeting with the prayer of your choice? And everybody would like shoot daggers at you, like, which prayer are you going to choose? It was this very, you know, it was probably like 99, 2000, somewhere around there. And uh, so it used to be fine. I'm like, don't ask me because I'll just be an asshole and do the one you don't like. So um, anyway, uh, this, you know, I, I talked a little bit about this last week. Um, you know, I, I've never... You know, the right way to pray or meditate, you know, I don't know, you know, I know it works for me. It's right for me. Um, but I don't, I don't want to dictate what, what works for anybody else. You know, I've, I've been in, in several situations in my lifetime where, you know, this conversation comes up and it can get contentious and, you know, it's like, and it just doesn't need to be like that for me. It's like, I can listen to you and hear what you do and say, yeah, you know, that probably works great for you, but that's not something I'm willing to do or try or, or that's really interesting. I'd like to hear more about that and, and vice versa in those conversations. And, and um, the freedom part that they talk about here in here is, is once again, I have the freedom to choose what works for me with that freedom comes a lot of open-mindedness on my end. And it has been from the gate, you know, once I immediately, cause I was a young kid when I got here too, that went to church every Sunday with my parents. And by the way, I was like, you know, the black sheep of the church. Cause you know, my behavior wasn't great. And, and I did things that were, you know, I mean, my, my best friend and I used to sit in the parking lot in the playground and smoke cigarettes while we were swinging on the swing set. Like we were not model citizens at church, you know? And so, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I puked in the playground too, you know, after drinking too much. I mean, literally, this is my life story. So going back to that church when I got clean was like, no, I'm good, right? Because uh, I couldn't handle the shame. You know, it was about the shame and I'm inherently bad and all that other stuff. 
you know, fast forward today, you know, and even, you know, years after that, um, you know, I was able to attend and, and, and with my, my family, cause they would ask and I would go and it wasn't a big deal anymore, but I learned all of that from understanding that I had the freedom to choose. If I didn't feel comfortable, I didn't have to go, but there, I wasn't doing anything wrong. And if I was going, because my mom said the family's going to, you know, Christmas Eve service. Okay. I don't have to, I don't have to believe to go to church, by the way, just so if anybody's, you know, I don't have to walk in and go, I'm a believer. I can go to find out what it looks like. I can go because my mother asks me to go and she's 71. And if she wants me to go to church with her, I'm going to go to church with her. And I bring that up only to say that even with that whole assortment of practices, until we find something that doesn't feel foreign or contrived, I can still go somewhere that maybe is not the place that I think I'm supposed to go and like have a spiritual experience, you know, because I'm not in this place of judgment and I'm not in this place of, of, of this doesn't work for me. You know what I mean? I'm in the place of I'm open-minded. Let's go try it out. And, and with that, I have adopted a very eclectic approach and every practice that I have from the way that I get up and meditate in the morning to the way that I journal really has become a place where it's kind of all over the place, you know, and, um, and I feel comfortable in any religious setting, spiritual setting. I got asked to go to a, a sweat, um, at a, um, at a lodge uh, with a bunch of ladies. I haven't gone yet. Um, I'm going to go try that. Like my point to all of this is, is that if I'm having a spiritual experience, I'm doing the work that I need to do to stay here, right? That's that's the point. And um, and it doesn't matter what it is. And and I don't I don't feel anymore like I have to not do something or I have to do something. It's like I can just go and see what it's like. And with that has come a place where when I sit in meditation, um, I have some comfort and peace today. And it's not awkward and it doesn't feel contrived in any, you know, uh, deity or whatever it is. It's just what I do. And, um, and I'm so grateful for that. Now it took me 30 fucking years to figure it out because I'm a little hardheaded and stubborn, but, um, you know, I've been, there's been a lot of bumps and bruises along the way trying to fight or, or figure out or whatever, but, um, but, but being able to get up and do an 11 step today and sit still and be okay with me, um, is a huge jump from where I was you know, when I got here or even five years ago. So with that, I'm going to pass six. Thanks for those comments, Jennifer. Yeah, re you really did it. Um, appreciate how you expanded on the, the, the main point of the, the sentence right in the middle. It's like, look, if we're, if we're going to find what's right for us as individuals, it says that we need to do two things. One is being open-minded. That's cool. But then the other one is taking action, you know, so I marry both of them. Then I'm likely to find out what works for me. That's really cool. All right, Lisa, would you be willing to read? We're going we're gonna to jump into two now. So we're going to start at the bottom of 109. With, we're on a spiritual path. Sure thing. Uh, we are on a spiritual path, which will lead us to a greater understanding of our higher power. Many of us have remarked on the, on the great joy we find along the way. We are sure to get help from our fellow members or perhaps even from others who are also walking a spiritual path. Seeking out these individuals and asking for their guidance can help us find our own answers However, sharing in another's experience does not excuse us from the need to seek our own. Others may be able to show us the path they walked, sharing with us the joy and insight they found along the way. Nevertheless, we may find our spiritual paths taking a different turn and have to adjust our method of travel accordingly. In the end, we find what's true for us in moments of personal contact with our higher power. The experience shared by others is just that, experience, not ultimate answers to the mysteries of life. Our understanding of a higher power grows and changes through prayer and meditation. We find that it is too limiting to define our higher power in such a way that our understanding is set in stone once and for all. An interesting parallel can be drawn if we remember the times we thoughtlessly tossed other human beings into categories and left them there. We deprived ourselves of an opportunity to know someone else on a deeper level. Treating our higher power as something to be defined will rob us on a grand scale halting further spiritual growth the minute we arrive at an absolute definition. 
Um, so my gosh, I've been kind of starry eyed listening to everyone else share. And then I read this paragraph about how like sharing other people's spiritual experiences doesn't excuse me from a need to have my own. Right. Um, shots fired. I, I really am in love with everything that has been said. Um, and I, I hope you crystal bitches are right because (laughs) I, I love like the blending of all of these things, but it's kind of funny. I don't even know if Troy knows this. Um, but I remember one time I was like really pissed off at him for no reason. And I shoved this like giant chunk of rose quartz under our mattress on his side of the bed. Like it's going to do something right Um, And I think it might actually still be there. I'm going to have to check when we're done recording, but I hope the witchy bitches are right. Um, I'm kind of with Doug a little bit on the needing to be told what to do. I know I'm agreeing with you. It's okay. Um, The needing to be told what to do when I first got here, because, um, you know, when it, when this talks about like the right way to pray or meditate or to even like, listen to God, I love that line. If we have found that everything feels strange, then we practice a form of prayer and meditation until it no longer seems unnatural. Um, The experience that I had from other people or the spiritual guidance that I had before I got here was that prayer was very formal. And I didn't hear a lot of talk about meditation before I came into the program. So that was a very foreign concept for me in the beginning also. Um, And I heard a lot of people say, like where I, where I got clean NA was still pretty like on the young side. So when you guys talked about meetings, closing with the Lord's prayer, that was like a memory I had like kind of forgotten. Right. And now when I hear the Lord's prayer, it's almost like triggering for me. Um, but like, that's, that's what happened, right? Like that was my experience. And I thought that like every prayer was structured like that. And that if I didn't have all of the prayers and the rituals and the rites and the sacraments and all of that stuff memorized that like, I was somehow, excluded, right? Like I was somehow like not forgiven like everybody else. I was somehow, you know, just like on the outside. So, you know, when I came into Narcotics Anonymous and I started like doing, like it says, you know, until, until it no longer seems unnatural, that whole acting as if, right. And like my old school of NA, I heard a lot of people say like, well, act as if point your feet in the right direction, act as if you believe, Um, you know, I've heard people say too, like, if you don't have a higher power yet, you can borrow mine. Um, I used to go to meetings with this older guy. His name's Eric M. Um, I think he was a preacher back when I was new and he used to carry this like rusty old (laughs) railroad spike in his pocket. And he used to tell people that that was his higher power. And one day I was like, Hey, Eric, we work together too. I was like at work one night, I was like, bro, what does that even fucking mean? You're telling people that this railroad spike is your higher power, but then you're like going to work on Sundays and you like, you're the preacher, man. Like this doesn't line up for me. And he said, if I ever tell you that I want to get loaded, you take that nail out of my pocket and you nail my foot to the floor. And in that moment, that's a power greater than myself and stuff like that, like shared experiences like that really affected my ability to explore like what prayer and meditation meant to me. Um, and it took the formality, the feeling of like guilt and pressure and formality out of prayer for me. And, and, you know, I'm, I have a pretty informal relationship with my higher power today. Like there's moments where like, I'm driving down the road going, God grant me the fucking serenity. Right. Um, I heard somebody in my old home group, uh, shout out to Monday night in Ligonier. Um, I heard somebody share there one time that he was praying very specific prayers for like each member of the home group. Like he was listening to what we were sharing and then he was going home and like appealing to the God of his higher power for like relief for each of us. And that was really touching for me because I used to think like, oh my gosh, I have to pray for like everyone who's ever suffered and everybody who's starving and everybody who's still in Like I used to think my prayers had to cover everybody. And I judged myself for selfish prayer for thinking like, okay, protect my family, be with me today. And I learned how to kind of release myself from, you know, some of that guilt associated with talking to my higher power. Um, And I'm glad I don't have to see it as such a black and white thing because I'm very good at looking at lots of situations is all good or all bad. Um, and I like what Jen said about like, I don't, I don't have to believe to go to church. That reminds me of like the third tradition, right? Like the only requirement for membership is the desire to stop using. Like, I don't have, I didn't, 
necessarily even believe that NA was going to work in the beginning, but I showed up and I heard the message and like my development of a relationship with a higher power happened in a very similar way. When I got here, I wasn't sure that there was any kind of God, right? I wasn't sure that there was any kind of power in the universe that cared about my well-being. Um, but, you know, I, I kept coming back and I kept hearing the experiences of other people. And, and now that relationship is something really incredible and flexible and very personal to me. Um, so with that, I will pass. Thanks for those comments, Lisa. What's up, Lindsay? Hey, um, I love this reading and I, this step is um, near and dear to my heart for a lot of reasons, but um, I really appreciate everybody talking about, you know, um, who, like who helps us on that path and who, and also like needing to be told what to do. If anybody had told me what to do, I would have, I peace out bitches. I'm not, mm -mm, nope, not listening. Uh, that's kind of my MO. <laughs> In that situation, um, I've done a lot of work on trying to not have that reaction right away. Um, but what I did have, they did tell me, like, if you want to stay clean, these are the things you need to do. And one of them included find some kind of higher power um, and have some kind of connection. Uh, so that I could work with because it gave me the freedom to explore in that realm. And it, you know, I've shared before, like it take, it took me a really long time to come to a place where I could even admit that there was like a higher power that I had any kind of connection with. But that was the process that I needed to take. Um, and the people that led me there were really just like, hey, this is what worked for me, come try it. And I remember the, the man that probably had like the most influence on my recovery who probably more than I realized at the time, kept me clean early on just by my sheer terror of having to pick up a white chip in front of him, um, ended up being one of the biggest um, surprises for me spiritually, who, when I was on my 11th step, shared with me, you know, his practice of meditation and, and that he had spent a year in an ashram and like and I had, this guy looks like Orville Redenbacher without hair. Like, I mean, the suspenders and the bow tie and like the Southern, you know, accent. And I'm like, you spent a year in an ashram? Like, what? <laughs> uh, but it was, it was really eye-opening for me. And he invited me, you know, to his place where he meditated. And I went and it was really helpful to me. It's not something that I practice today, but it taught me how to go, it taught me how to go to a place inside that where I can be quiet. Um, and that was really beneficial to me. And it, the daily practice part has always been really hard for me. I like the uh, meditation and poo, but I also, I, somebody suggested a shower to me, like you shower every day, pray and meditate in the shower every day. And that has worked really well for me um, just to tie, if I want to create a habit, I have to tie it to something that I already do every day. Uh, so when I remember, which is, it goes in and out, you know, but when I remember to do that on a regular basis in the shower, I'm, I'm a much more, um, I can function in the world a lot better. I cannot have these immediate reactions and these really intense emotions about things and let things kind of ruin my whole day. It just gives my whole day a new perspective, which is what helps keep me clean because I'm not wanting to um, seek a solution outside of myself. Um, and the other, the last thing um, I wanted to, that came up in the reading was about how our concept of a higher power can change. It, it cannot be, it should not be set in stone. And for me, that's the, been the, one of the greatest gifts from NA is that I have the freedom to explore and be playful. And um, I got distracted by the chat, sorry. I have the freedom to explore and be playful and, and figure out what works for me in that moment. And, but for me, it's always been, I need, I need some kind of filter to connect like something that I understand to connect with my higher power that like and that filter is what changes my higher for me personally my higher power always stays the same but whatever like funnel I'm using to kind of understand it has changed over the years I was a fatalist for a long time and then that stopped working for me in recovery and so I was like I got this isn't working anymore um and then I just kind of floated around 
the hardest part for me was when I had my kids and I was like, I am not turning them over to any kind of fuck that. Like, I can't, I can't do it. I love them too much. You know, like it was like this maternal instinct of like, I'm not letting go. I can't let go. And, um, you know, so and my sponsor at the time didn't have kids. And so she, like, she didn't really help me with that. And I got a sponsor that had kids and raised them in recovery and was super helpful to me. Um, and just being able to find a new way to connect to my higher power. And this was just a couple of years ago and it's completely made the biggest difference in my life today. And what's really crazy is, um, I'll say this and shut up. Like, so I'm a professor of uh, Latin and Greek and I'm super nerdy and I love that shit. And um, I was driving down the road and I was like trying to connect with my heart. I was like, okay, God, like I got to figure out something, a way to connect. And I thought about this myth about a mother who puts her daughter, who puts, who turns her kid over to this nurse and the nurse is a goddess and she puts the baby in the fire and she's actually like helping make him immortal. But the mother like flips out and pulls the baby out and then the whole, he won't be immortal anymore. And I was like, the fire is like the higher power there. And then I was like, okay, I can relate to that as like a, as like a filter for me right now. Like it just clicked in that moment. Like I got the butterflies in my stomach and I got, I felt like a physical reaction to it until, until I realized, um, I was like, oh my God, I'm like the lady from um, Game of Thrones with the Lord of Light. And I was like, fuck it. It's going to work for me. This is what I'm going to do. We're just going to be like, I can connect with this. You know? <laughs> so it's about, it's about doing what's going to work for me in that moment and knowing that it doesn't have to work forever, but as long as it works in that moment and I can connect, that's all that really matters. Um, so I'm just really grateful to Narcotics Anonymous for giving me that freedom to you know find the lord of light or whatever so uh thanks for letting me share thanks for those comments Lindsay. i think anytime you bring a game of thrones reference in you know to this study i think it's kind of cool and, and i was chuckling when you were talking about not wanting to give the kids over and stuff like this my boys are 16 and 14 in in about 14 or 15 times every day I'm I'm crying. God, please do fucking something with these kids. I don't care what it is, but do do something. So I'm with you. What's up, Barb? Hey, Douglas. I had trouble. That was the last thing I turned over to was Nick, and and um, it was because my first son dying. You know, and and you would think that I would be all the more ready to turn him over, but um, what I realized is that he he was never mine anyway. You know, it wasn't my possession and it was all an illusion that I was clinging to anyway. So now I can turn him over. And um, but, you know, this higher power sitting here thinking about, um, you know, because I, I did. I, I was told to I like being told when I first came in, you know, say, ask for help in the morning and say thank you at night. And I did that for a long time. And, um, you know, how my higher power evolved is just pay attention, just be aware and, and, you know, you can't refute it, you know, it's just like the first time when I, when I got off the streets, I hadn't worked in 20 years and they said, pray and go try to get a job. I prayed and went and got hired after 20 years of not working and stuff, you know, with a record, you know, and, and, um, I got a job and it's just little things like that throughout my recovery that I got all this evidence that, wait a minute, is something, something's going on, you know, and, and, um, and, and the times that I got peace, that I asked for things even, you know, give me peace or help me. You know, my prayer a lot of times was just God help me, you know, and I always seem to get it, you know, until today I have a, a, a unshakable faith, you know, and, and, and I can't even tell you what, I don't need to tell you what. And, and it has been about the seeking for me. Somebody told me just seek, you know, and I always say Hinduism is my favorite religion because it says there's many paths to God. As long as you're on one of them, you're cool, you know, and I've been on many of them, you know, and, um, and, and I always say my favorite um, today, I know, I know I have an unshakable faith. I know there's something they say in the other fellowship deep down inside every man, woman, and child, you know, is the, is the idea. And I believe that, you know, I believe that quiet, that's what the, uh, listen to God is talking about. They're talking about the God in you, the, your inner voice, your instinct. And I have that today. I can't, I can trust that inner voice in me today. You know, when I get quiet and do some things, talk to my sponsor and, and, um, 
I, I, I do have good instincts. You know, my past has, it can be an asset for me today, but, um, you know, I, I, my favorite saying is what I always quote to is Chopra. I'm not, I'm not a human being having a spiritual experience. I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. And I believe that to my core. And I can just say those words and say, like Paul always, just breathe, go out into the world, know it's okay, you know, and pay attention so I can be that spiritual experience and, you know, um, and, and learn things. So, you know, today um, I, I'll tell this story and quit. I, I had a girlfriend, her uh, best friend died and, and she didn't believe in a, a Christian. And uh, she had a sister that was a holy roller. When she died, they were over her praying and doing all this, you know, the real, um, you know, right wing stuff and she just had a fit because she said well she wouldn't want that you know and I said you know what you know how I look at it all her bases are covered because the bottom line I don't know yet like like uh Paul said there's nine people on here nine beliefs we don't know who's right we might all be right we might none of us be right you know I don't know and that's the greatest gift I've gotten the last two years too is I don't know and I don't have to act like I do you know, I believe I do. I practice the, the prayer I love the best is St. Francis of Assisi. That's a good meditation prayer. You know, it it just when I hear that, that's what it's about. It's a spiritual principles, you know, and, and that's what it's about for me today. So um, I just know that there's something I don't have to define it. I don't have to name it. I don't have to give it characteristics, but, but there's something that assists me. And um, I'm grateful. And and you guys brought it. They say too came to scoff and remain to pray. You know. And you guys, you guys taught me all this. So I'm grateful. Thanks. And Barb, thanks for those comments. You know, Brian and 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 myself, we did that for years. The Saint Saint Francis of Assisi prayer in the morning. Beautiful man. Focus on other people. It's that magic six letter word. Others. And thanks for those comments. What's up, Paul? Uh, I just that last sentence. Treating our higher power as something to be defined will rob us on a grand scale, halting further spiritual growth the minute we arrive at an absolute definition. So if you're in, if you're listening and you don't know, you're it's perfect. It's perfect. It is God as we don't understand. <laughs> we should probably change that. It's okay to not know and not understand. It is okay because the minute you are sure. <laughs> that's when I get into the biggest trouble. Everything I know is subject to revision, especially what I know about the truth. Thanks. Thanks for his comments, Paul. Eric, do you be willing to read the next two, bro? We're going to start down with, in addition to the open-mindedness. Of course. In addition to the open-mindedness so necessary to work in the 11th step, it is vital that we actively pursue knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry it out. The knowledge is what we're searching for when we pray, whether our prayers are desperate pleas or calm requests for guidance. Regardless of our state of mind when asking for guidance, we can be sure that our consistent efforts to seek knowledge of our higher power's will for us will be rewarded. We should remember that Step 11 asks us to pray only for the knowledge of God's will and the power to carry that out. Just as we opened our minds and avoided restricting our understanding of our higher power, we avoid placing limitations on what God's will for us can be. Though the temptation to pray for a particular result may be great, we must resist the urge to do so if we want to experience the rewards of the 11th step. Praying for specific solutions to specific problems is not the answer. Keep going? Wait, that was two. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm so glad that Paul said that, man, because I've thought that for a long time, but I've only got a few years clean. I'm short time, so I dare not say we should change what the literature says. But that's what I've felt for a long time, the God of my not understanding, man. And I really like that line on the last paragraph, too, that Paul just read, that, that last line. And I thought that was something that I intuitively experienced. But like everything else that I say is not original, I'm sure. I don't know where it comes from. A lot of it probably from the literature or stuff that I've heard. But it's something that I experienced through meditation, like not being able to define the boundaries of this thing that I was experiencing. And uh, so as far as these last two paragraphs go, man... It reminds me of a few things that people around here say. Uh, one of my, somebody I really respect and admire says, uh, she says, how free do you want to be? You know, and like lately, truthfully, I don't want to answer that question to her because the truth is, I'm sure she's going to hear it now. The truth is I want to be this free. I want to be right here. I want to be right where I'm at. It's good. Things are good right now. 
I don't want to take on more responsibility, which goes along with freedom, right? More freedom equals more responsibility. And, um, but I'm also reminded of what my sponsor used to tell me, man, grow or go. You know what I mean? Like grow or go. Like this isn't a static thing, man. We don't stay here, right? Something's, I'm either moving away or towards, man. I'm not just, I'm not just going to chill right here. Um, you know, the only constant is change. Um, so like I, I have this, you know, I have this fear of seeking God, knowledge of God's will for me, man. You know, and that's just point blank honest, man. Um, however, I'm grateful that I get to be around. Man, you guys just blow my mind every time I get on here. I even forget there's people listening to this, man, and I'm just soaking it up. I can't believe I get to be a part of this thing, man. Those are my comments. Thanks for those comments, Eric. I I just want to ask you and ask ask us too, and Andrew, I'm going to kick it over to you for final comments. It's like when when along our like the, the, our journey did we start looking at a couple years clean or a few years clean as being like a little bit of time, man? Like you remember like being obsessed to get high and like it, it and it, that that was my story. It, the dudes told me that there's going to be a time when I'll, I'll I'll not think about getting high from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep, and I was like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Like, I don't think there's always going to be some kind of like, you know, it's always going to be there. And bro, it happens, man. Like it, like the, the, that, uh, the obsession to get high becomes lifted, you know, and, and, uh, and, uh, so I don't know. I'm just pushing back on you a little bit about that, bro. You know, like when, what, what happens to us, man? Like, when do we, when do we start saying a couple years? That was a fucking long time. You know what I mean? All right. What's up, Andrew? Yeah, um, I don't want to end the I don't want to end the episode on kind of a bummer, but uh, I like I kind of take issue with the second paragraph a little bit. Um, pray praying for specific solutions to specific problems is not the answer. If I hinge it all on the outcome, I have big problems, right? But I I almost think this is a little bit of like like a paradox or an oxymoron or something like well let's not make God small and pray for specific things. Let's just pray for God's will. And like, bro, some of the more powerful moments in my recovery and more powerful spiritual like experiences of my life is when other people have prayed specifically about something, you know, or like I can see God moving in my life, not just in a general way of, I didn't get high. I knew I was okay. Right. But when I ask for courage and I act courageously, you know, um, and I guess in terms of the 11th step, right? Like I need to seek God's will. I need to do the practice of prayer and meditation. I need to do this stuff. But I also think like, for me, I have to take that a little bit with like, I don't know, with a grain of salt, right? Like I, I find in my recovery that like, I can pray for specific solutions to specific problems. You know, I understand like if I get wrapped up in that shit, it's going to hurt. I'm going to feel some pain, you know, and like, but that's okay. You know, um, like I'm not fragile and like my higher power is not small, you know? Um, so like I can ask big things, you know, my higher powers kept me clean a long fucking time. <laughs> and like, that's no, like, you know, like we were just saying, that's no easy feat, you know, that's no small feat. So I don't know. That's what I got. Thanks. Thank you. Man, man, I appreciate that, Andrew. A couple of paragraphs before, you know, we're kind of, we got a hard on talking about, Hey, no one's going to tell me how to pray and meditate and, you know, and all the intricate parts in this paragraph is saying, well, hold on, but don't ask for anything specific, you know, keep it general shit like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, good. What's up, Jennifer? I just, I wanted to follow up because I think Barb and Paul said the same thing I'm about to say, but I, um, you know, when it, when it comes to higher power and my understanding, uh, years and years ago, uh, from one of my anniversaries, a friend of mine bought me this this speaker CD from an AA conference, right? And I was like, what the hell is she giving me this for? But whatever, she swore by it, thought it was great, whatever. But I listened to it. And when he got to the 11th step, he talked about, you know, we we pray to talk to God, but when we meditate, we quiet our minds so we can hear the answers. And I don't, I'm sure I've read that a thousand times. We've had it in our literature, but for some reason it really popped because at the end of it, what he said was, my understanding of my higher power has been unnecessary for the majority of my growth. Something that has stuck with me to this day that gave me goosebumps. And I thought to myself, I need to quit analyzing shit. I need to stop trying to figure it out. And I need to just go with it. And the understanding will come slowly, but surely. I still don't understand my higher power completely. And I'm totally okay with that today. But up until that moment, when I heard that, I was still 
in, in logical mind instead of with my heart, you know? Um, and so still to this day, it still gives me goosebumps on my arms because it, it was just magic for me. So I just wanted to share that. Thanks. Thanks for those comments, Jennifer. All right, folks. Um, thanks for spending this hour with us. When you go to your home group, please do bring up, uh, the suggestion of closing with the Lord's prayer. That's just a joke to end on a very lighthearted, uh, a lighthearted note. All right. We love you. Hey, thank you for spending some time with us and walking on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so and reach out to us. Oh, there's a podcast number, there's a Facebook page, um, and you probably um, have contacted one of the squad already. Continue to do so. Pour into us, allow us to be filled up, and that way we can continue to pour into you. I love you, folks.